0: All right, you wanna stand with me for a minute? We'll pray. So good to see you. Hey, we're starting a new series today called Big Prayers, Big Faith, and our amazing senior pastors, Pastor Anthony and Pastor Miriam, are away, so you get me. Um, Thanks, guys. All right, you ready to pray? All right, Father, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we thank you for every single person here. Father, we take this moment right now and we just give you our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears. We ask that you would speak to us what you want to speak to us. Lord, use me however you want to. We throw off distraction right now in Jesus' name. And we believe for a bigger faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you kissed it. Thanks, worship team. I kind of felt like the worship set was just, like, so incredible that that was all we needed. I don't know, like, you know. We're talking about big prayers, big faith to grow our faith. I think just keep singing those same songs over and over again, and you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, but hey, if you don't know me, my name is Katie, and I'm a pastor on team here. I'm excited, honored that I get to share this morning. So I have a couple of ridiculous stories to tell you, like normal. Um, all right, but I need you to be honest. Is everybody ready to be honest? OK, have you ever lost your cell phone while you're talking on your cell phone? Just hands. Yes. Okay. I'm not alone guys. This is great. I just needed that. Thank you. Um, so I'm the person that does that. And it's usually when I'm in a rush, like I'll be trying to leave the house, get my wallet keys. I'll freak out that I don't have my cell phone. And the best part is I tell the person on the phone, I'll be like, hold on, just give me one second. Like, hold that thought. I have to find my cell phone. And they're like, um, you know, you're talking to me. So you kind of have it. And I'm like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Good thing. And there's moments like that. I know that's ridiculous, but it happens to me more often than I'm going to admit this morning. Um, But there's moments like that that are like these aha moments where you're like, either I'm so distracted that I don't notice or I'm so focused on one thing that I don't notice. And it's like this aha moment where you're like, okay, I had what I was looking for all along. Or there's just moments where I don't know if there's days that you feel really smart and then there's days that you're like, I'm, I'm not even sure. Like, I kind of forgot like my name, my kids' names. I just don't know what's happening. Um, so this happens to me too. And this story is even more ridiculous. But sometimes when we're focused on other things, it's so hard for us to see what can be obvious. So I was actually watching um, Pastor Miriam and Pastor Anthony's kids like a week ago, I think. And I had the two youngest. They're six and 10. I was pushing one on the swing. <laughs> This is a really ridiculous story. Um, I was pushing one on the swing, and then and it was like this kind of swing that you could push all crazy. They like to like fly and go crazy. And then the other one comes and says, "Can you push me too?" And I'm like, "Okay." Now I was distracted. I think I was tired. So in my head, I'm like, "How am I going to push two kids? Like, there's only one of me." So I start going like this. I push one run over here, push the other, and I go back and forth, which means they feel that I wasn't there the whole time. And then they kind of start complaining, and they're like, Katie, you're not pushing us both. Like, you're taking breaks. Like, can you push us both? And I literally was like, all right, don't judge me. This happened. I literally was like, wait, guys, like I can't push you both at the same time. I'm one person. And then the six-year-old Hope says, but Katie, you have two arms. And I was like, oh, literally, I promise you, it didn't even cross my mind to stand in the middle and push them both at the same time. I don't know why it didn't. Also though, I wouldn't recommend it, it's really tiring. Unless you would like an arm workout, that's free. Anyway, the point is that I've been thinking about these moments sometimes, not as silly as that, um, but moments where I feel like maybe we've heard certain things before, even when it comes to a series like faith and we've heard certain things and sometimes we can think, I just need to do more of it. I just need to be able to pray more. I just need to be able to access God more. I just need to be better. And sometimes it's like this aha moment where I feel like the Holy Spirit just goes, actually, if you just tweak this one thing, actually your faith is going to grow. Your prayer life is going to grow. And I've seen over my life and in the past, I don't know, however many years, 10 years, nine years, really following Jesus that I've seen the Holy Spirit almost just highlight little things. Sometimes we think it's like, I need to start praying 10 hours a day, and then we get discouraged because we can't quit our job to pray 10 hours a day. And it's not that. It's sometimes just this moment of when I was in worship, I felt like the Holy Spirit just did something in my heart that shifted my faith. When I was reading the word, something just shifted. When I was hearing a preaching, something just shifted, and it's like this aha moment that just goes, I don't actually have to do all these 500 extra things to get this big faith and this big prayer. I just have to lean in and hear from heaven on one tweak and keep tweaking and keep tweaking and keep tweaking, and then I look back and go, wow, my faith, my prayer life, it's at another level, because I just kept tweaking. So my title, I didn't give you my title yet, did I? Did I? No, okay. It's grow the fire. Grow the fire. Grow the fire in faith. Grow the fire in prayer. And my first thought to grow the fire is to grow your belief. In order to grow our fire in faith and prayer, we actually have to grow our belief. And I don't know, does anybody in here ever have doubts? Yes. Okay, if you didn't say yes or raise your hand, you're you're lying. And... (laughs) You shouldn't lie in church. Really, I don't know why we say that, because you shouldn't lie anywhere, whether you're in church or not. It's fine. But anyway, we've all had doubts. So the point of this isn't to be like, you can't doubt. Don't ever doubt. If you doubt, no, no, no. It's not the point, because we're going to doubt. I've doubted. You've doubted. The point is, grow your belief and starve your doubts. And I want to read from Mark 9, verses 14 to 24. Um, Okay, so the context of what's happening before this is that Jesus was with just a few of the disciples on a mountain, and now they're coming back to meet the other disciples, and there's kind of like an argument going back when they come. And so it says, when they come to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. He asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. That is not a spirit that I want affecting my child. You probably neither. Uh, Verse 19, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. "It has often thrown him to a fire or water to kill him. But if, someone say, but if. but if. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So my first thought is that our speech gives us a way. Our speech gives us a way at where our faith is actually at. Because he says, if you can, and he says that his child has been like that for a long time. And I don't know about you, but when something's been like something for a long time, it's a little bit different sometimes. And so he says, if you can. And the Bible actually says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I believe it's Luke 6 45. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So actually our speech gives away where we're at with our faith. And Jesus knew anyway, but his speech gave him away. And so the first thing Jesus does is actually address his speech. If you can, anything is possible for who believes. He addresses the speech first. And what I was thinking about, I don't know if you've ever done this, I may have done this, um, where you pray one thing, or you believe one thing, and then maybe a day or two later, you go and you basically profess or confess the exact opposite to friends, to people. It's like, I'm believing for this job, I'm believing for this reconciliation, I'm believing for X, and then the next day I went and told six people, it's probably not going to happen. And it's almost like I'm diluting the prayer by what I'm professing instead of changing my speech and letting it line up and bringing it together. And so he addresses the speech and then he says, anything is possible for those who believe. And then the man says, I do believe. He declares his belief Then he says, help me overcome my unbelief. So it's like what I was saying earlier. He doesn't lie about it. He doesn't say I'm hiding my unbelief from Jesus. Jesus already knows. He says... Basically, I'm surrendering my unbelief to you. I'm giving you my unbelief, but I'm declaring belief. And sometimes we feel like in order to grow our belief, there, there shouldn't be any doubt. But the truth is, I just have to surrender that doubt to Jesus and then go, but I believe, I believe, I believe. Sometimes I have to pray until the doubt breaks off. Actually, all the time. I have to just keep praying until the doubt breaks off. I have to keep focusing on the belief. You know, uh, faith is strengthened by exercising it. So we have to keep exercising our belief and what happens is as I focus on the belief as I declare the belief the doubts get smaller but if I focus on the doubt and focus on the doubt that's what gets bigger and so we have to focus on the belief and declare the belief and pray until the doubt breaks off And then Luke 17:5 to 6 the apostles said to the Lord increase our faith He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. First thought I had is that the apostles who are following Jesus, who have seen the miracles, who know what's happening, say increase our faith. So basically think of pastors, think of teachers, think of anyone that you think should have the highest faith. Not that they do, but that's kind of what we think of, right? Think of that. They're asking for more faith, which tells me that this isn't just a one-time thing. I don't pray one time and have all the faith I need forever. Wish I did, but it doesn't work that way. It's this lifelong journey of us needing to increase our faith. So I say that to say, if right now you feel like my faith is low, I should have more faith in this. I've been a Christian a long time. Just get the shame off, get the guilt off, get whatever that is off. We need to keep growing our faith no matter where we're at in our walk with Jesus. We never get past needing to grow our faith. And then Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. I'm not exactly sure how small a mustard seed is, but it's small because it's a seed. So it's small. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. I I assume all seeds are small, but I know this one's small. Anyway, the point is, I'm going to drink water. Hold on. Okay, the point is that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. In other words... Even if your faith is small if you speak it if you use it a miracle can happen because god can do anything even if we feel like we don't have a lot so what he's saying is it's okay if it's small use it anyway speak it anyway but you have to use it and sometimes we think well my faith is too small my doubts are too big and i can't do anything And actually what we have to do is start with the faith we have and keep declaring it until that's what grows. Don't ever think it's too small to start using it, to start believing it, because if we never use it, it never grows. So even if you feel like, oh man, my faith is like this little tiny thing, it's fine. We don't know how big a mustard seed is anyway. You're probably good. But listen, (laughs) I'm sure someone knows. I think Pastor Fernando probably knows because he probably researches those things. Um, But anyway, (laughs) the point is, (laughs) It's small but we have to use it we have to use our faith so in order to grow our belief we have to focus on the belief declare the belief and use the faith we have so it'll keep growing the second thought to growing the fire of prayer and faith is to stay the course stay the course the thing is we're supposed to pray and believe for miracles for the impossible and those things happen because our God does the impossible but we have to be more committed to jesus than to the outcome we have to be more committed to the promiser than the promises and sometimes what happens is we want the promises of the bible but we don't actually want to follow the promiser and so we have to stay the course in order to actually grow the fire because i've met and honestly this is like just not something that i love about pastoring even though i love pastoring (laughs) But you see people who, it seems like they're so close, but because of, and this is human, but because of just her or because of certain things, it's almost like, They're close to the promise, and I mean, really, I don't know, because only God knows, but it feels like we're close, and then they just kind of jump ship, because they feel like, oh man, I I don't know if I can stay the course anymore, and the thing is, sometimes we look at scripture and then go, well God, what happened to this promise? And God's going, well, you have to stay the course. You have to keep trusting me, and in Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3, this is, um, David is writing this psalm, so it's a hymn. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So the Lord is my shepherd. So shepherd guides the sheep, protects the sheep, leads the sheep to good water, good food. The sheep are really, essentially, helpless without the shepherd, Okay. So in order for us to be able to have the promises, We have to say, Jesus is my shepherd, which means I follow Jesus, which means I trust Jesus, even if it looks like something isn't happening the way I want it to happen. And the first part that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. What it's saying is, if I trust Jesus to be my shepherd, to guide me and to lead me, then I believe that as I follow him, I'm gonna lack nothing that I actually need. And if I'm lacking something that I actually need, then I have to trust his perspective because he has a bigger perspective than us. And so if I'm lacking something I think I actually need, chances are I don't actually need it. It might not be what's best for me, or I might get it, but it's gonna be in his timing. And so we have to come to the point where we say, he is my shepherd, so I trust him with the outcome. Even if it's not what I want, I'm going to stay the course. And there's so much strength, even though sometimes it's hard, there's so much strength in staying the course. And when it comes to um, a shepherd being able to lead the sheep, the truth is the sheep really have to hear the shepherd's voice. They have to recognize the shepherd's voice. They have to be able to hear where he's telling them to go, what path, what pasture, where the good waters are, where the enemies are. And So when it comes to staying the course, and I know this is something that we know, um, and it's why we're talking about prayer, because when it comes to staying the course, we actually like literally have to cling to Jesus. And there's times where we have to cling so much in prayer that we have to sometimes turn off even other stuff that's distracting us and other things that are keeping us from walking that close with Jesus, because we have to be able to hear his voice in order to walk through certain paths. And actually, verse four, do you guys have verse four? Did I give you verse four? Yes, you're the best. Okay. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is what I feel like some... Oh, can you go back? Sorry. Thank you. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is what I feel like sometimes <laughs> happens with staying the course. Is that we get to the darkest valley and we go, Haha, Jesus. I thought this was like going to be sunshines and rainbows. Like, what's this darkest valley? And that's a lot of times when we jump and we get off course because we feel like I don't really know what this darkest valley is. But David says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff were used to guide and then they were used to ward off enemies. One was a weapon, one was a guide. So when we're walking through the darkest valley, I think the danger is we go, it's dark here. I'm going to trust in me because it's dark and Jesus got me into this darkness. Instead of realizing that maybe when I was following Jesus, I got to this darkness, but he's gonna get me through it because the thing is, it says it's a walk. It doesn't say I die there, it doesn't say I live there, it doesn't say I'm forever stuck there. It says I walk through the darkest valley and if I listen to him, he's gonna get me through it. So it's so important that we stay the course that we grow our belief, that we stay the course, and then the last one is that we step into power and authority in Jesus' name. Luke 10, 19 says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Ephesians three twelve says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I find that sometimes, and actually even for myself recently, um, we can believe, and then we can stay the course, meaning we're still following Jesus, still coming to church, still doing those things. Um, But somewhere along the way, we lost the power. Somewhere along the way, we lost the authority. But the thing is, the scriptures say that we have power and authority through Jesus' name because he died on a cross, raised from the grave, loves us, forgives us. It has nothing to do with what we've done. I don't have power because of anything I've done. I don't have power because I'm a pastor. I don't have power because of anything, except for the fact that Jesus gave me the power because I'm his kid, and that in his name, he can do anything. And sometimes what happens is life comes along, and we can say, Jesus, I'm still going to believe, or I'm still going to follow. I just feel like the power has gone out has anyone ever felt like that i just felt like the energy has gone out and i felt like this is very personal to me recently i felt like jesus reminded me hey actually nobody can take the power and authority i gave you john ten ten says the thief came to steal kill and destroy but i have come it's speaking of jesus that they may have life and life abundantly so the enemy can steal things from us life can steal things we can lose things um, peace, joy, sanity—anybody? I don't know. Um, we can lose things; things can be stolen. But the thing is, the authority we have in Jesus can never be lost. It can never be stolen. Sometimes we just forget to access it. Yeah. And I had this um, this dream. You know, we believe God speaks in a lot of different ways. He speaks through His word, worship, um, different people, even. And we also believe that He speaks through dreams. And I get them occasionally. Sometimes it's because I ate too much cake the night before and had a lot of coffee. <laughs> Can I get through one message without mentioning coffee? Who knows? (laughs) We're going to find out. But, uh, well, I didn't already. So anyway. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, maybe another one. We'll find out. Anyway, I had this dream. It was kind of an interesting dream. I'm just going to give you a summary of it because of time and stuff. Um, But in the dream, my car got stolen. And I love my car. But it got stolen, and I had left it running in the dream to go do something really quick. Turn around, it's stolen. And in the dream, I literally was just like crying. I couldn't even think about what to do next. It was like I was frozen in this moment of loss. I didn't call the police. I didn't do anything. I was just frozen. And then all of a sudden, someone out of nowhere who actually goes here um, just comes in the dream and says, hey, it's okay. You still have your keys. And I was like, what? What? And i realized so my car you don't need to put the key in the ignition you could just have the keys near you and the car will run so the person was saying we can go get it because chances are the person drove off and the car is still near because it stopped because you have the keys anyway we go get my car back in the dream and it was happy and then i woke up and i was like jesus what does this mean because it felt very significant and i started praying and i felt like jesus was saying the key is like your authority Like your car can get stolen, someone can steal it, but you still own it. No one can take away the fact that you own it. No one can take away the fact that it's yours, but in the dream, it was like I was staring at the loss, I couldn't even move, and then someone had to come remind me, hey, I know you're sad right now, but you still have authority, can we go get the car back? It's still yours, can we go get it again? It's still yours, can we go get it again? And I felt like there were things in that moment that Jesus was like, hey, Katie, I actually need you to go take authority over some things again, over some of your uh, like thought life, over some things in your mind, over certain things that you felt like maybe you gave up on. I need you to go back and take authority. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, and I need you to remind other people that they still have authority, that sometimes there's a moment to mourn. There really is, depending on what you lost. And sometimes we lose people, but sometimes we lose dreams, and sometimes we lose things that, you know, what we thought life would be like. Like, we mourn a lot of things, and there's a moment for it. But then there's a moment to say, hey, I know you lost that, I'm sorry but it didn't take your authority in my name. It didn't take your power in my name. So when it comes to growing our prayer life, when it comes to growing our faith life, there's a moment where we have to say, you know what, I'm done praying prayers that are just like, Lord, if you can, maybe, like, give me a good day. Like, no, 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 I'm gonna start stepping into power and authority in his name. I'm gonna believe all the things, that one song we sang, by the way, that was like, I believe you're doing, yeah, that was incredible. Like, just sing that over and over again. But anyway. (laughs) I'm gonna stand and say no 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 I'm not just gonna let whatever happens happens anymore I'm gonna take my authority back I'm gonna stand in prayer and I'm gonna say no 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 the enemy can't have my kids no no no. the enemy can't have my thought life No, no no I have authority in Jesus name I'm believing for healing I'm believing for miracles I'm believing for breakthrough I still have authority in Jesus name amen Amen. So growing the fire in our faith and prayer life, grow your belief, stay the course and step into power and authority because you still have it because of Jesus, because he's so good. Amen. All right. So I just want to take a moment to right now, if maybe you're in this place and You're saying, that's awesome. I I haven't really made Jesus my Savior, though. I haven't made him my shepherd yet, but I want to. I just want to take a moment, if that's you right now, and maybe this is your first time, or maybe um, you've been in church for a long time, but you're coming back today. I, I also wanted to say, when I was talking about the part about staying the course... There might be people in here, and I felt like maybe there were people in here that feel like, oh, but I've already gotten off the course a couple of times. Can I just tell you that's okay? He's not mad. He loves you. He's just standing there going, come back on the course. Like, come back. It's not a, have oh, left so many times I can't come back. You can come back as many times as you want. So we're believing for that today. So I wanna take a moment to just pray and I want everyone to pray with me. And if that's you, we're basically just gonna say a prayer that says, Jesus, I believe you. I trust that you're my shepherd. I wanna turn to you and let you guide me all the days of my life. So can everyone close their eyes and bow their head? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, just repeat after me. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for dying for me today I choose to turn from my ways and follow your ways thank you for being my good Shepherd in Jesus name Amen all right you can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a minute just for privacy if that was you if you feel like for the first time I want to say yes Jesus I want to follow you I want to stop trusting me it's not working I want to be able to have you be my shepherd or maybe like I said earlier you've done it before but you want to say today I'm, I'm giving it back to you I'm getting back on the course I'm trusting you right now at the count of three I just want you to raise your hand nobody looking around so that I can pray for you one two three if that's you raise your hand coming back or for the first time I see that hand I see that hand i see all those hands all right thank you jesus thank you lord lord we thank you again for this morning we thank you for your word and i pray right now in jesus name for just a faith to rise up in your people i pray for those hands raised that you would grow their faith and grow our ability to follow you to believe in you to hear your voice in jesus name amen